You're listening to NBC Sports Radio. Sports Radio. Weekends. This is the Two Robbies Football Show. Your number one source for Premier League football on NBC Sports Radio. Now, your hosts, Robbie Musto and Robbie Earl. Hello and welcome to the Two Robbies Football Show here on NBC Sports Radio with me, Robbie Musto, and across the desk, as always, my pal, Robbie Earl. We're in the middle of a bunch of festive fixtures at the minute in England's Premier League. Later in this show, we'll preview the games coming tomorrow. Crystal Palace take on Man City, 7 o'clock kickoff on NBCSN. Following that is West Brom versus Arsenal, 11.30 kick on, also on NBCSN. But of course, as always, Rob, mm. we're reacting from the games today. It's Saturday in the Premier League. Lots of games, lots of stories. Mm-hmm. And as often... In our show, we start in Manchester. Correct. Uh, not the city side this story. time. Mm-hmm. Manchester United and another draw. Now, that's three consecutive draws now in the Premier League for United. Mm. Nil-nil today against Southampton. Why are Mourinho's men struggling? Okay. Uh, we're sure we're going to get to tactics. I'm sure we're going to get to detail. We're going to hear get some tweets from some of the fans on, on their opinion. Yeah. But you know me, I'm, I'm about feeling and I'm about yeah. dressing room what, and what about emotion. Let me tell you what I'm feeling. There's absolutely no joy at this football club at the moment. When was the last time you saw a smiley face at Manchester United? You're getting centre-forwards who score goals, who don't smile and don't celebrate. See, managers sitting on the side of the pitch, don't celebrate. Let me break it down into the, to, to, to three sections. The fans, I don't think, have got any joy in what they're seeing on the pitch. The players look like it's hard work to, to, to try and achieve what they're trying to do. And the manager is as grumpy as I've ever seen him, Rob. He, he, he comes into press conferences before the game and looks like he's lost $20 and doesn't know where he's put it. So you're, you're putting, you're going big picture here. Big picture big feeling picture. about the um, football club's lost a bit of his enjoyment right. and it's fun. This is Manchester United. And you know where that leads to. What, all all roads <laughs> lead to, to, to one person. <laughs> Poor old Jose. Well, listen, let's just get it right here okay. and rewind a little bit. Okay. You liked him as an appointment. Mm. I, I did like him as an appointment, yeah. I didn't. Yeah. I mean, in some ways, you've been right. He's, he's brought trophies and silverware to the football club. And at the in moment, some ways, he's leading I've been the right charge, Because it's he? not been mm. stylistic. No. So you're not getting the style and you're not getting the results, Robbie Earl. Now and you're not getting the results. And that's what, why... There's a problem. And you go back to your different sections. The fans will stick with him. There's a few boos today at halftime yeah, at yeah. the end of the match. Um, I just wonder how long that's going to go on. But let's, let's get a little bit to the football. Okay. And why is it poor? Why, why is he struggling? Why is he getting draws? He's picking the right team. Lukaku's tired, but he still picks him. I mean, okay. we feel for him right now. He had mm. a really nasty knock. And we hope, he's, hope and pray that he's okay. Yeah, Recovering sure. from, yeah, that, yeah. from that. It looked like a concussion or mm. a, certainly a heavy head knock. He could have scored earlier in the game. Yeah, did have a chance. Uh, Rashford came on th- into the match and played as a centre forward, which mm. we believe he could play there and give Lukaku a rest anyway. Yeah. So onto the football side, okay. Rob. Why are they struggling? Well, well I, I can only go on what... I know Rob. I've been played against Manchester United teams. I've been in, in played in the professional game. When I look at Manchester United on the tack, there's either inadequate work being done on the training ground in terms of the attacking rhythms, the drills, the movements, the combinations, or that work hasn't been done at all. And, and let me give you the reasons why. When I look at Liverpool, the combinations of the Fab Four stand out. When I look at City. We've already talked about hotspots, areas of the pitch where they want to get him to score and assist goals. Spurs, wonderfully fluid in, in counter-attack. Yeah. Arsenal can have things of beauty at times. We know defensively and other times they don't t- turn up. 
Chelsea with Morata and Azard, you see a pattern of play that's going to get you goals. Manchester United, I think we get to certain areas of the pitch and then it, it, it's just a ball in the box and if somebody can get on. Or it's individuals creating a little bit of magic. I'll put it this way. It's a grind. Grind, like the it's word. It's a grind. Like it's a word. grind for the fans well, to watch. grinding's it's okay. A, it's grinding's, a grind. Listen, grinding can be well, okay. can it? It's a grind for the players to play in it. It's a grind for Jose Mourinho to put a smile on his face and to get the results. It's a grind for him to think about the noisy neighbours that are playing so great and doing so well. The whole thing's a grind. There's no easy victories for Man United. There's easy victories for all the other big clubs. There hasn't mm, been an easy victory. For a while. When's the last time? Yeah, right at the start when they, they, they wrapped yeah, up the numbers. Games, they were winning fours. When they, but over the last... Four, five, six, seven games, Rob. I, I looked at the sheet. I mean, it, it's it's been that long before I've there's been a, a few injuries, Rob. I've got, got, got to try and stay with Arsenal in December the second. Yeah, three one was a great win. Other than that, there's been a, there's been very few wins. They've been very narrow wins. You know, you can talk about West Brom and Bournemouth. Mm. And then we're into this this recent run of draws. So it's not easy. It should be easier against even in recent form uh, against some of the sides that they've played. Let me ask you this: We've seen, of course, improvement with City and with Pep and with his team. Uh, why are we not seeing improvement with Jose's? I mean, he's got a few injuries, but mm. not but not horrific injuries. Eric Abayi. I mean, who else? I mean, Big Zlatan. He's got most of the squad that he wants. Why is this team not improving? Because the, the, the style of man management that Jose Mourinho works under is not about proving any impro necessarily improving any individual. It's about a collective group grinding, if that's what you say, to a victory. So within those, 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 the team setup, if Marcus Rashford isn't playing that well, but we're winning one nil, that's okay for Jose. And, and if Martial's not developing in the football and maybe some think you're, that's okay. And if Henrik Mkhitaryan isn't going to be good enough, he'll drop him and play Jesse Lingard, who's got more energy and get goals, and that's okay as well. Just on, on Henrik Mkhitaryan. Now, bad game today. He poor had a game, poor really game poor today. Game, yeah. Really poor confidence game today. is shot, by the way. His confidence is shot. He's been in and out the side. Mm. Martial been in and out the side. Rashford's been in and out the side. Mm -hmm. Is there is is and, and I, of course a player's responsible for his own performances. Correct. But does but does but does being in and out, being shifted around positions a little bit, does that hinder uh, players' performance at Man United? Is is he is he is he making it difficult for these talented flair players to find a rhythm? in areas of the field that they're used to being combining with certain players, the chemistry, etc. Yeah. I, you know, I'm just trying to... I know where you're going. I'm trying to make a bit of an excuse for the players, Rob, because I think yeah. they're better than what we're seeing. Yeah, and, and I hear what you're saying. But again, I think if you look historically through Jose Mourinho's management of his players, some top players as well, it's tough love. He treats you a certain way, expects you to have character, expects you to bounce back. So the Luke Shaws of the world, the Henry Mkhitaryans, who might be slightly more sensitive, the one matters, who don't necessarily respond in the way he wants, in that strong, I'll show you, bang my fist. I think that's why we're not seeing the best of him, Rob. Before we get to a few individuals, I want to talk about Paul Pogba, Rob, with you about his position, etc. in the mm. team today. Let's just go to the fans a little bit here because we put a tweet out there and I, and I basically ask for, come on, United fans, give us a little update. Give us an update on your thoughts on Jose's progress at Manchester United. We're going to read a few out here because we've got a lot of very, very good ones. Randy Carpenter tweets us to say, no sense of urgency, no energy, no encouragement of his players losing the squad. Sam Huard tweets to say, plainly not good enough. Jose has been his usual grumpy South without any of the expected results. The team has fallen behind much of the top six in terms of style and player recruitment, etc., etc., etc. And one more, Rob. Mm. Chris Hayes doing the best he can. This is the other side of it. With, a, with the poor squad, LVG and David Moyes left him. Need to blow up squad, rebuild around Pogba, Rashford, Bailly, Martial, De Gea, 
find a De Bruyne. Mm, not quite sure he's that poor, but I, I hear the sentiment. Seth Newkirk, he said in a normal season, he would be getting a lot more plaudits for his work, but Pep's raised the bar, plus the natural reluctance to follow the United way means he's open to criticism. Good one here from Casey Wood. Hard to watch. Boring football. City, Chelsea, Liverpool, all school goals, all more entertaining to watch. Man United look like they're going through the motions. Paul Pogba, let's get to him before we, we get to a break. Yeah. Um, we all know what he's good at, Rob. He has got fantastic skills. He's got great energy. He can shoot with both feet. He's creative. He scoops a ball over the top for, his, for, for assists for his striking players. He's playing side-by-side side with Nemanja Matic at home against Southampton. Tell me how that's getting the best out of poor Pogba. Well, well what, what this is doing is, is you've got a Ferrari car and you're driving at 25 miles an yeah, hour. Yeah. Because this guy can do it. This guy is... is Stevie G-esque in the way that he can be swashbuckling, he can win tackles, he can drive a team forward, he can get in the box, he can score goals, he can make goals. But when you restrict him and sit him in front of a back four, then you're only getting a quarter, 25% of what this guy can do. I agree. And, and finally on them, right? And I said this on air after, uh, after we, kind of, we wrapped mm. up a little bit the game. They're not a lock for the top four, by the way, Robbie Earl. They're not a lock for the top four. You're making Jose a funny him, face there. Jose will get them in the, t- the so top four. So you think right now they're better than, 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 than Chelsea, than Liverpool, than Spurs? What I'm saying right now is it's December. And come May, Jose Mourinho will find a way to make sure Manchester United are in the top four. That's what I'm telling you. Okay, listen, just finally, um, Southampton. Yeah, much, much better. And by the way, Mauricio Pellegrino, well played in dropping Fraser Forster, who yeah. has not looked interesting lately. You, you, you asked for that. You and asked I said that. that yeah. days. He did it, they got the win. Well done to Southampton. I think they'll be all right. I think they'll stay with the manager and reassess things at the end of the season. But from Manchester United point of view, that's three draws in the last three Premier League games. So an indifferent run of games for Jose's men. Leaves them third in the table and 14 points behind Manchester City. Next, we'll look at Liverpool and Chelsea, who keep clocking up the points and putting the pressure on United. This is Two Robbies Football Show on NBC Sports Radio. We'll be back in a tick. Welcome back to the Two Robbies Football Show here on NBC Sports Radio. Now, Robbie, Leicester City went to Anfield today, the home of Liverpool, and took a third-minute lead through Jamie Vardy uh, after a Joel Matip error. Mm. I thought there was a composed, controlled, very impressive comeback in that game where under in the flat atmosphere, after conceding that goal, yeah. Liverpool weren't really at it early on. There was a calmness about the comeback uh, and a very impressive victory when they didn't play that great. I just think it was a good sign for Liverpool mm. that there was no panic the style stayed the same, and they trusted and relied on the players that have done so well, and they came through again. Does, does that comfort, does, does that patience come from knowing on the football pitch you've got Mo Salah, you've got Sadio Mane, you've got Roberto Firmino, and you've got Philippe Coutinho. Do, does that not give you hope and belief in a way that we're saying at times with Manchester United, we're not quite sure where? Do, do you not just think with those guys... Come on, let, let's play. Eventually, they'll they'll work a way out. They'll find find something between them, and then one man's Pro- doing it. Probably, and and they've been so good. That's understandable. But but even so, at Anfield, mm. you know, it it was a funny atmosphere. It was quite quiet, and yeah, you can I didn't see. see that. I didn't see much of that game. Yeah, you were, mm. you're watching the other game a lot more. Um, but that that's what was impressive to me. I didn't. I wasn't quite sure of them. I mean, there's rotation because they, we've got this crazy situation where yeah, there's a games, games and then you have one day rest and you play again. So teams are going to rotate a lot more than normal. I wasn't sure. I like Coutinho, not on the left side of midfield. Yeah. You had Milner doing that and Chan was holding. Coutinho was a little bit less 
uh, able to come inside and smash it with his right mm -hmm. foot. He does so well. But they found a way. And with this... Uh, the signing of the season, Mohamed Salah, we've got to talk about him, Rob, because the number's now becoming silly. Yeah. I mean, 17 goals from a wide posi position. Yeah. Ridic, by the way. 14 just goals in his last 14 in all competitions. A goal a game in his last 14, Ridic. which is fantastic. And, you know, the two goals again today, he plays kind of outside, but he certainly looks mm. to be inside. He rolled his defender today, Rob, for the second goal. Uh, Harry Maguire that got turned there and he, he just looks like a box of tricks and always looks threatening when he comes inside. He, he, is, he, he is what makes this team at the moment special. Uh, and, and, I, and, you know, whether it is with the Fab Four and with Coutinho's situation where he potentially could be leaving maybe in the summer, it would be such a shame because I get the sense right now and I want to get your take on yeah. it with Virgil van Dijk coming in, which yeah, is going to make them that. better mm. defensively. It really is going to make them better. With this team, it looks like he's slowly building something special. And just on signings, Rob, and, and the, the Fenway Sports Group and, yeah. and the way that they've supported the manager is pretty important. And I just made a, a little note of, of some of the players that's, that's come into the football club in terms of big money signings. Firmino came in, not huge money, yeah. done really well. Sadio Mane, big fee, done great. Mohamed Salah, amazing. Perfect. Matip was a free transfer, it's mm. done well. Uh, Virgil van Dijk now for big money is going to make them better. And, and Naby Keita, who's going to yeah, come in yeah. for next season. Big money is a midfield player. That's a There's slow progression yeah. of quality coming in. Okay, uh, and I hear you. So, so as ever, my, my devil's advocate, Jurgen Klopp said today, and, and I saw something after the game where he said, he was, he, and, and backs up what you said, he was most pleased with the patient way that his team came back into the game and, and looked confident. Great signs. How does Virgil van Dijk slotting into the back line nullify Marty playing a ball in the midfield that gets caught out that, that Jamie Vardy scores a goal? Because that's kind of what we're trying to say. Isn't it? That, that when Virgil van Dijk comes in, they stop making those silly mistakes. Well, he... he there's, there's still... Yeah, I mean, he can't... I wanted to, no, can't I'm not saying he does that, but what I'm saying is there has to be a mentality change as well because today we've seen... Martin, play a ball into an area where you're thinking, why would you do but that? But that's unusual for him, by the way, isn't it? But, but it's, it's symptomatic of Liverpool. It is a bit unusual for him, and he's a better defender than that. But it's symptomatic of a team that sometimes, if he's if it's got to go back to the keeper and long, or he's got to play long, those are the important things. So you, st you still think the philosophy with the team is a bit flawed if it continues to make Needs to, make to change, space. and I'm hoping Virgil van Dijk is part of making sure to Matip, as, as a good pro would, hey, sometimes that's got to go long, and he's got to learn from those things, not those things to, to keep continue. So I think that, that's one I I important part of, the, of what we're talking about. I think the second is, and, and, and you're right, if I'm a Liverpool fan, I'm liking what I see, Rob. In terms of entertainment and joy, I think there's a lot there's around, there. there's lot around yeah. Liverpool. Progression, and where we, where we might be going. You know, we talked about Spurs in the future and the potential and that. You're starting to think Liverpool's similar. Change a goalkeeper today. Minu layout, carry us in. Rotation or more? Well, the, ma the manager, Jurgen Klopp, said it was rotation. Um, mm. and, and he said that before. And to be fair, he's done yeah. everything that he said. So in that regard, uh, for, for Monday's game, uh, Burnley away, I think it's Monday, uh, we we should we expect to see Mignolet back in the side. Mm. That that's an area. You know, when we talk about slow progression of this team, it feels like it's building, Rob. It's, yeah. it's yeah, slow building, yeah. and it might be next season as they peak. It might be maybe the season after mm. they peak to to have a real serious title challenge. I don't know, but I, I just you know today was impressive, and I just get a sense that this club is moving in absolutely in the right direction. Slow burners. I like the little link. <laughs> Chelsea Football Club, mm. slowly burning yeah, so in, you, the, in the right kind of... I, I watched this game. 
Chelsea 5, Stoke City 0. Absolute cruise. First goal in three minutes from Ruda again after that. It, it was a matter of how many. Stoke depleted at the back. No Bruno's in, uh, Martins Indy. No, no Ryan Shawcross. They chucked it. Did they chuck the game? No. Uh, they they got a massive the game. game, haven't they? They got a massive they got game, against, massive Newcastle. game against Newcastle. But I wouldn't say they chucked the game. That would be a bit harsh. They had two young kids, Edwards and Tymon, in the fullback positions who, you know, weren't quite up to it. But they did, he didn't have an awful lot more bodies. Shakiri didn't play. Chupamotin didn't play. And uh, Joe Allen didn't, didn't play. So, OK, he, he's, he's rested some players. He's rotated them. But I don't think... I get Mark Hughes has got to focus on Newcastle. But by the way, losing 5-0 to, to Chelsea isn't a good way to go into any game. And certainly when some of the fans, after 25 minutes, well, were leaving the stadium, the Stoke fans, that's not good. We're quite critical of Manchester United, OK? And mm-hmm. um, when you see Chelsea play, there isn't many times that we come onto one of our shows and say, you know what, they're awful today. I, don't, I can't yeah, see what yeah. they're doing. They're struggling to do this. They, they, they don't look creative in attack. Chelsea look better than Manchester United. And right now, after 21 games, the league table saying it. And I, and I, you know, are they the best of the rest? When you take Man City out at Chelsea in the Premier League right now, the table Probably says the they are. the most consistent and, and the most balanced. Spurs at time, when Spurs are at their very best in terms of, of defending and attacking, I think that they, they can, could give them an argument. But I think there's a consistency about Chelsea that maybe some of the other teams just don't quite have. They, as you say, they don't often have a result where you go, hey, how, do, how was that one? Yeah, we we don't seem to... Cr- there doesn't seem to be much to criticise Chelsea. They seem to get the mm. job done in, in most occasions. And you know, the record's pretty good. What are they? I mean, they started off poorly. They've lost four games already. Yeah, yeah. You know, but the recent form and the way that they're playing, they had no Hazard today, but you've still got Morata, Pedro and Willian. You know, there's, there's plenty of strength, really. Cahill uh, played today. Rudiger, I mean, I you know, it was good Christensen today, by the way. rested, rotated out. They got Danny Drinkwater was yeah. excellent today. Got on the ball, made Instead things happen. Scored his first goal for Sask. And Growing into a Chelsea player, I think it was a bit much when he first came in, but he's certainly growing into a player. Eddie Nazard got a rest. They can save him. Huge game for, for them on, on uh, Wednesday when they go to Arsenal, Chelsea. So I think there's certainly an eye on that with, with Antonio Conte. But uh, no, Chelsea ticking along nicely, transitioning some of those young players in. Uh, Christensen was on the bench. He'd been ill. He might come into the game against Arsenal. So, uh, yeah, things ticking along that nicely for Antonio Conte. Yeah, I, I, you look at the bench and, and with the players as rotated out, I mean, it was it was an easy one today. Mm. And that's going to stand them in good stead for the next games. You said, like, it's Arsenal uh, away on Wednesday. They'll have plenty of rest ready for that. The big guns will come back into the side. You know, there's always a little bit of drama around Chelsea with what's going on there. But yeah, it the seems manager. to me the manager is getting it right on the field of play. Yep, Chelsea doing a good job of things at the moment. That takes care of the top end of the table. But at the basement, where every point matters, there were dramatic late winners for two teams in the bottom three. We'll get into Bournemouth and Carlos Carvalho. First game in charge of Swansea. I can't believe that some people were doubting him as an appointment. Robbie Musto. I'm Earl. He's Musto together with the two Robbies. Football show on NBC Sports Radio. Welcome back to the Two Robbies Football Show here on NBC Sports Radio with me, Robbie Musto, and him, Robbie Earl. Now, Swansea City appointed a new manager only in the last couple of days. Carlos Cavallo, the Portuguese coach, came into the football club. But it's safe to say that I was not impressed with this appointment. But today was his first game away at Watford, and this is what happened late in the match. Diop! Extraordinary! Narsing in the very last minute. And what a start to Carlos Carvajal's time in charge. Down but not out. And having trailed, Swansea now lead 2-1. Carlos Carvalho. 
He's going to be a personality, this, this fella, by oh, the way. No. And, and you know what was, what was great today was I was saying to, to Rebecca before the show that sometimes as a manager, you go into a new group and you have your meetings, you do your first bits of training. But the most important thing is if you can win that first game. Mm-hmm. So a 1-0 routine win would have been great. And, and you take the three points and you say, OK, we've got work to do. But somehow a, a, a come from behind 2-1 late dramatic winner feels like already now there'll be a connection between the manager in the group of players, and that's a great start to get off to. You're absolutely right. There's got to be a newfound belief, mm. confidence, hope from inside that dressing room that this guy can really help us. There's been plenty of managers before that have tried and haven't really got the best out of their squad. Now, on the back of this one result, I am not ready to say that this no. is this will be the, the, the correct appointment. He's got a really difficult job, in all fairness to him. Right. But what a way to start it is. And, and his lineup was attack-minded. Renato Sanchez, of course, the Portuguese young international player, I'm sure will benefit from Carlos Cavalier being there. Jordan Ayew played with Tammy Abraham as well. Lucas Fabianski came up really big for them, Rob. I yeah, think on the 85th, save, he? he made a huge save to stop oh, Watford going Andre two. Gray. Yep, 2 0 up, they would have been Watford. And then Swansea go up the other end and score two and win right at the end. Can Cavalier save the Swans? Yes, of course he can. And we've got to give him the optimism. We've got to give him the respect. The window's going to be huge. They, they need reinforcements, Rob. They why need why do you say yes, given this squad? Given this squad, because there's two things that I think keep you up. One is ability, and, uh, definitely somebody who can get you goals, and they've struggled for goals. Yeah. I mean, they've only got 13 so far. The other thing, Rob, and I, I've been in teams and I've seen it, spirit. And if this guy can instill a spirit in this, in this group of players, we've seen how... I know we looked at, at, at Leroy Fair and, and we've looked at, at Tammy Abraham and, and we've looked at Tom Carroll I and mean, we've looked and we've seen them when they're not motivated, when they haven't had the spirit and things haven't gone well. And, and I totally agree with you. At times it looks a bit championship. But spirited teams can stay up, Rob. Spirited teams, if, if they've got a bit of togetherness, if they can find a way. If he can engineer a little bit of us against the world and, 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 and keep on fighting and, and never giving in, listen, things... Stranger things have happened. Where they are on the league table now, they are by no means detached. There is no, an opportunity they're in, they're in, they're in it. to pull away. But forget about the table and, and, and report on what you see. January has to be big for them, Rob. And I worry the Swansea City Football Club have read a big old interview with yeah, Hugh Jenkins. Hugh Jenkins. Mm, um, bit worrying. And wow, it, there's, a, there's been a lot of financial problems yeah. at the football club. This appointment smacks of a, a cheaper option. It, it just mm-hmm. is. Okay. It's a six-month contract. Okay. He's not a high-profile guy. Okay. I'm sure he didn't demand a lot of money. Um, I worry that the January transfer window won't be... It, what, they won't invest a lot of Correct. money well, to stay up. I mm. worry that Swansea are almost saying, you know what, We've had a, we're, we're tired of this fight. We've got financial problems continue. We're not going to really go for it to stay in the league. That's my worry. Well, we've got a transfer deadline show on NBCSN on, on that 31st. And if, we, if we're having this conversation that they haven't done the business, that the bodies aren't in, then I'll, I'll, I'll reassess. We, I just think we've got to give this guy a chance. We've course, got to give him some course. hope. But of this course. football club, by the way, have to decide what do they want. Because if they in their little minds think that, well, oh, we'll go down for a year, we'll, we'll re- replenish it and come back up. Let me tell you, no. Sheffield Wednesday thought about There's that. so many. Sunderland, Bo- they're, they're the bottom three in the championship. Portsmouth. You know, we've seen a mi- million, a million teams up there. So they can't afford to, to take that gamble. But 
great sort for Corval. Yeah, let's see how it goes. They're home to Tottenham next time round. A little bit more of a, of a different test. Let's talk about Bournemouth because they were a team that was going in the wrong direction pretty quickly. Came up against Everton, Sam Allardyce's team. Couldn't probably get two more contrast in terms of managers and philosophies, mm. what Eddie Howe wants to do and what Sam Allardyce wants to do. But in the end, the football and the belief of, of Eddie Howe and a little bit of luck, we'd have to say, and you're getting the result. Yeah, the last game they got that that, that disputed goal um, mm, to get, Wilson. To get yeah. something out of the last match. Uh, this game was a deflected shot and deflected winner from Ryan Fraser, who's actually got two goals in the game. Um, and but this is what they do. They can look a little bit down and out, Bournemouth, with mm. the way that they play, very open, um, very kind of front foot um, orientated. But today the result came. They got another win. They're up to 13th place in, uh, 14th place in the league table on 20 That's points crazy, from 21. <laughs> so they'll be relieved about themselves. Yeah. I, I still think it's it's a little misleading to really study the table because you can find a way out for all the sides. It's a matter of bigger picture, what they're playing like at the moment, what's their squad, what's their injury situation, mm. what's their potential in the January transfer yeah. market. And that's what worries me a little bit. Can Bournemouth actually make some signings, by the way, that are yeah. used that make them I mean, better? That, that's been the problem for I them. I mean, that, that's the one question mark, I think, that, that now hangs over, over Eddie Howe. Is, and I'm not sure whether he brings in the players or these uh, technical director or somebody who, who gives him players to work with. But what we've seen and what they've spent, Rob, a lot of money's been spent on a number of players who haven't necessarily improved the football club, who've not made them better, who've not made them stronger, more consistent. As you look at it, maybe Sean Dyche and Burnley as a model that he has brought some players in and they've had an effect. Think of Cork, think of Hendrick, think of Chris Wood. You know, Eddie Howe, Eddie Howe certainly got, got something to think about. Everton's point of view, Sam Allardyce, we all know, prides himself on mm. getting his defence right. And another loss... Today, I mean, I'm not two, many. They've been, no, been good. So they've been better, but yeah. two goals conceded. Mm. I just wonder where we are with Everton, Rob. And we know that I think we're pretty confident now that Everton aren't going to be yeah. anywhere near the relegation yeah. zone, and, and that's yeah. right, given the squad that they've got. Mm. Does Big Sam have to have a strong second half of the season and pushing the top seven or eight? For him to be guaranteed to continue at the football club because he's only signed a short-term contract mm. it would be easy for the everton owners to say thanks sam mm. you kind of did what we wanted and now we're going to get somebody else who's a little bit more sexy that can take the club in a way that they really want to go do you know what and, and if that happens rob i think that could be the way forward for Everton. listen he'll be when, disappointed when, when, he'll be gutted of course he'll be disappointed but when he got the job the, the, the one directive was keep us in the league. He got an 18 months contract, and I've said it might be that, you know what, a year's plays great for keeping us up. And then it should they be more than that, by the way. It shouldn't just be keep, us in, keep them in the league. That was the worry, of yeah, course. Yeah, I think, it, listen, Robbie, it's all about um, ideals and, 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 and milestones. The first most important thing yeah, is saying I get Swansea that. City need to do the same thing, by the way. Yeah. Carlos Cavalli talk about what he might do in a day. So, what do you Stay think, what do you in think the league. he has to do I now think, then, Sam? I'm not Don't so just say that's enough now to finish I'm not so table. sure, regardless of what Sam does, that he's definitely there for eight months. I think this was a six-month contract with an 18-month payday. Yeah, he'll pay I him think that, that's, what, that's what it was. And this gives Everton time to find the right guy, go and do what business they have, mm. and make sure they stay in the league. So, another eventful day in the Premier League, but the gifts, they just keep on coming. Tomorrow, Crystal Palace, the latest club to try and stop Manchester City's machine at Sellers Park. And Alan Pardew's West Brom, desperate for goals and desperate for points, face Arsenal at the Baggies in a really important game for both these teams. With the two Robbies football show on NBC Sports Radio. And all we talk is Premier League. Welcome back to the Two Robbies football show here on NBC Sports Radio. Now, let's look ahead to a really good day of football tomorrow, Robbie Earl. 
Uh, we start with Rebecca on air at 6 a.m. Eastern time for two matches on NBCSN. The first one is Crystal Palace versus Man City. Kicks off at 7, then 11.30, West Brom versus Arsenal. Now, Palace versus City. City are absolutely flying, as we know at the moment. 19 wins from 20 matches, which is insane. Mm. Huge gap. Was it 13-point gap at the moment that can go, of course, even bigger than that to 16 points? How do Crystal Palace have any chance against Manchester City? Let me tell you what this Crystal Palace team have to do, in my opinion. And we watched the game, uh, I watched on the game this week, uh, Crystal Palace v Arsenal at Sellers Park. And for a little spell, second half in the game, they got amongst Arsenal and made it a little bit uncomfortable, which they can do. I want to see this Manchester City team, in, as you've talked about, uh, you know, imperious form, scoring goals, I want the full Palace treatment. You're, they ain't, ain't going to get I, it. I want the full Palace treatment, Robbie Musto. They ain't going to get it. I, I want the crowd involved. I want yeah, the, the, the counter-attack. I want the, the athleticism. I want the street vibe, the kind of chip-on-the-shoulder Palace that can upset teams that have done with Liverpool in the past and maybe the big Manchester United. I want to see can Pep's team, who've got all the football, all the talent, all the quality, can they handle the full Crystal Palace Well, treatment. just to continue that, the full treatment, yeah. are you asking the Palace players to come away from their 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 bus, the bus, the, the, the space Parking, where they park yeah, the bus yeah. and to get into the faces, to press a little higher, to have a go, to engage? A little, you want to see I, that? I want a you little. Want see that? I, want, I, want, I want some of that and then back. I want some of that. I saw a Newcastle team this week sit with 10 behind the ball, virtually play with no centre forward, win the ball, kick it back to Man City and defend. And yes, I understand Rafa's tactics, but they were never going to win the game, and it was such odd. Palace have got Loftus-Cheek, Townsend one side. Zaha Benteke is a front four. If they can hit quickly on counter-attacks in spaces where Manchester City might put their yeah. full-backs on, yeah. let me tell you, we could get a bit of Palace treatment. Let me, let me look at the other side of this. Can Jeffrey Schlupp and Martin Kelly handle Leroy Sane and Raheem Sterling? Because, because they might play. There's mm. a bit of rest in the mm. rotation in the last game. That's, a, that's one matchup question for you. Can Milivojevic and yes. an ageing uh, Johan Kabay? I think you might have well, an injury. Or McCarthy might Kibai. play, yeah. McCarthy might play. Can those there. two handle Fernandinho, De Bruyne and Gundogan? Because it's probably going to be Gundogan that plays. No. <laughs> no. So, when, so but when, I want the treatment. I want the pace. I want balls going in the box. I want. Don't testing. worry about the detail. I, I want, don't care about the detail. No, but no. you want some. I want, want treatment. Some, something. I, I, I want something. I, I want Palace to give them a full go. Because if if Palace go there and sit back, Manchester City win one, two, three, or four, depending on their finishing. I think there's people in the Palace team that can challenge Manchester City individually. Zaha, if Zaha can get in the spaces. And get Ottoman yeah. Mangola one on one, he can cause problems. If Benteke's in his beast mode and balls are delivered to the far post, his leap is good enough to challenge the back line. Now, if Fabian Delft plays a left back or Danilo, Andros Townsend has the ability to come yeah. inside and yeah. make things happen. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm trying to listen. It's no, those, those threats are there. No, it's, yeah, it, 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 it's a stretch. But it's there. I yeah. know what you mean. They yeah. have got some pace. And if City don't have a good footballing day, correct. Um, I just think that Pep's thought that this is going to be a, a tougher game than the Newcastle yeah, game. He it, in Newcastle, he, yeah. Rob, the back yeah. four ended up being Danilo, Otamendi, Mangala, and Walker. Mm. And at times, 
they didn't have to look awkward, you know, yeah, trying to play yeah. out. They cut for me that game in Newcastle. They kind of got away with quite a bit of rotation. Playing, yeah. Bernardo Silva played, Gundogan played in midfield, and mm. again, and again, the back four was different. Not as silky, not as assured, yeah. not as Company confident. Came off, didn't he? And yeah. they they not, they didn't really scrape through. Um, they had total control in the first yeah, half, but in the last scrape. 10, 15 minutes, there's a little bit of panic up. I just got a sense that Pep Guardiola. He's already talked about in his press conference that he feels this game is really difficult at Palace. He's already watched their last game. Uh, against Arsenal and Fields, this could be really difficult. So I just think that City and Pep will be getting into those players. This could be difficult because you're right. When it's rocking, mm. that can be a difficult environment to play in. OK, let's move it on. There's another big game as well tomorrow. It's at the Boing Boing Baggies, West Bromwich, Albion and Alan Pardew. Waiting for that manager bump, really. He's only mm. got two goals so far. CD in a few. Looks like Solomon Rondon doesn't play. Jay Rodriguez struggling for goals. Uh, Hal robson Cornu not prolific in front of goal. I mean... I'm just thinking from West Brom's point of view in this one, Rob, if they're going to get something after the game, they almost have to go back to a bit of Tony Pulis day. Set pieces, balls in the box. They Can they do test? That. I just don't think they're going to do that. Alan Pardew has said that he thinks they've been playing really well. Yeah. It's just the final bit, a little bit of luck they that play they well. need. Now, Rondon, it looks like it's going to be out for a little yeah. while. Jay Rodriguez, two goals in 19, yeah. 28 years of age, recovered, recovered from, from some bad struggling injuries. Struggling a little bit, to be fair. Matt Phillips, one goal, two assists in 14. Where's the... Where's the production going to come from? I just worry that there isn't enough quality, attacking quality in West Brom's squad to fulfil the wishes of Alan Pardew that, to be fair, is going to be more expansive. OK, let, let, let's give the Baggies fans some hope before we wrap this up. A little bit of talk about player unrest in the Arsenal camp, Alexis Sanchez. Yeah. Supposedly all the players not going to join him. What do, what do you think Maybe, about that? So that gets, gives me the sense that he's had word from somebody within the camp and he's got it out there yeah. in the public it, it, domain. It, it sounds like no. he knows something's going on. Now, why has why he done that? Why has Thierry put that out there? Because I have to say, I think it's a bit of a slur on Alexis Sanchez, who, by the way, if I'm buying a player, I like him. He's in my team. Mm, yeah. And, you know, he brought it about because of a celebration of a goal that they scored. Um, and, and let me tell you, there's, there's different celebrations for every mm. single goal. Not all the team are going to go to the goal-scoring player, but the way, why he brought it out, there has to be something in it. Um... And that's what worries me. You know, other than that, I mean, Arsenal, you know, they're still in this funny situation where I feel there's a good squad there, some good players there, but they're not fulfilling their potential for whatever reason. One more question before we go. Mm. Does Jack Wiltshire play another 90 minutes? She's played four games now in something like 12, 14 days. Do you, do you trust him again? Do you, is it time to give him a little rest and maybe save him for, for, for the game against Chelsea? Well, the Chelsea game's on Wednesday. Yeah. This will be Sunday. So mm. there's a little bit of a break there. So I expect him to play again. And, and to be fair, he's looked all right in terms of his mobility because mm. that's my biggest concern with Jack Wilshere, his mobility. His football is, is brilliant and his vision is great. We saw that for the goal that he created. I just worry about mobility. And to be fair, over the last couple of games, he's got around the park pretty well. And let, me t let me tell you, I'm getting a new pair of Arsene Wenger pyjamas because oh, it would be his 800th oh, Premier League game as a manager, the most ever. He goes past Sir Alex Figures. And so in Arsene, we continue to trust. Well, that just leaves us time to recall our tweet of the day, and that goes to Casey Wood, who tweeted us to say, United right now are hard to watch. It's boring football. City, Chelsea and Liverpool are much more inter entertaining. So, Casey, please make sure you direct message your address, and we'll get a two-robbie scarf to you in the post in the next couple of days. 
So, on a day when United board Salah scored him, Chelsea put five past sexy Stoke. Remember, for more debate, discussion and good old argument, make sure you subscribe to Apple Podcasts to download it to Robbie's show. And if you like what you hear, please rate and review the shows. But more importantly, tell us what team you support and why you support that team. And we'll read out the best couple of responses on our next Premier League podcast. And finally, for me, thanks to all the good folk at Culver City. I know you're in over Christmas, but we really appreciate all your hard work. Yeah, we certainly do. And thanks for everybody else for listening in to the show and letting us know your thoughts through social media. I had lots of really good tweets on the Man United situation. We'll take an FA Cup break next weekend. There's no Premier League matches, but certainly watch out for several upcoming Two Robbies podcasts over the next few days and even weeks. We'll return two weeks from today with another Two Robbies football show. So until then, Mr. Earl, it's good night from me. Good night from him. Good, good night. night.